Brother Regan told me one time that he usually teaches an hour to hour and a half. Amen. Praise God. The longest message I ever preached in my life was an hour and a half. So that was a month ago. It was out of the ordinary. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Hallelujah. You weren't redeemed with corruptible things. Amen. You can't buy your salvation. Doesn't matter how much money you have, how much gold and silver you have. Amen. You can't buy your way into heaven. Hallelujah. But it was the precious blood of Christ. Amen. For a little bit this morning, I want to preach on the scarlet thread of hope. The scarlet thread of hope. Can you just lift your hands this morning? Ask God to have his way in this place. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. God, we thank you for what we feel in this house already. And God, we're just asking, Lord, that your perfect will would be done, God. That you would have your way in this place in every heart, every soul. God, I need your help, your touch this morning, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, you are wonderful, God. You are wonderful, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Lord, you're wonderful, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated in Jesus' name. God. Amen. I do consider it an honor to be asked to preach when the pastor's not here. Amen. Praise God. I, I know I've been in the place where I have pastored and been gone. Amen. And it's, uh, you always wonder what's happening at home. Praise God. Amen. So I do appreciate the confidence that Brother Reagan has in me. Amen. Joshua sent two men. Amen. Into the city of Jericho. They had crossed the river Jordan. They're sitting there at the threshold, amen, of a promised land. And there they are, Jericho, the great walled city. That city that they thought was impenetrable. They didn't think there was any way that anybody could attack and get through the walls of Jericho. And so he sends these two spies, and they go in, and they lodge in the house of a harlot named Rahab. And the king of Jericho was told that there were these two men, these two Israelites that had made their way into the city. And so men began to search them and they came to the house of Rahab and she was told to give them up, but she hid them. Amen. She even told them that the two had left at the time of the closing of the gate and that they should run very quickly after these two men. In reality, the two men were on the rooftop hiding under flags where she had hidden them. And uh, these men chased and ran, and all, they ran all the way to the River Jordan looking for these spies. But they were there, and uh, 
She, she told the spies how scared they were and how their hearts had melted for fear when Israel came up against them. Can you imagine? I, th th there's controversy about how many Israelites there were, but it's believed somewhere between, I believe, two and six million. That's pretty broad range. But even if it was two million people, could you imagine being in a city and two million people are sitting there looking at you? Amen. My heart would probably melt with fear as well. Amen. And she was speaking to him in Joshua chapter 2 and verse 12. She said, Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business. And it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. They said, You know what? We will take care of you if you take care of us. If you don't turn us over to the king uh, and you help us somehow to get out of the predicament we're in, we'll take care of you too. And so she let a cord out of her window and she was going to let them down. And the men said to her in verse number 17. And the men said to her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head. Don't leave the house. He said, if you come in the house, you better stay in the house. If you walk out of the house, the blood's not on our hands. Hallelujah. He said, and we will be guiltless, and whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head if any hand be upon him. I tell you what, this is a little side note, but it's important to stay in the house. Amen. God has brought us to his house, and it's time that we make up our minds we're going to stay in the house. Hallelujah. There was a time when the apostle Paul was on a ship and those men were thinking to jump overboard. He said, except ye abide in the ship, ye shall all likewise perish. I tell you what, we're in this old ship of Zion and we better stay on board. You better not get out when the storm winds start blowing, but get in the ship. Make sure you got your place sure. Stay in the ship. get out of the ship you'll likewise perish the only safe place is in the ship of zion the only place of salvation is in this old ship he said get your families to get your family together and get them in the house but whatever you do don't let them leave the house I tell you what, this is another side note, but we better get as many of our family and friends as we can get in the house and do whatever it takes to keep them in the house. Hallelujah. If it means extra prayer, do the extra prayer. If it means pushing your plate away, we got to keep them in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
a safe place in the house. Mm. Hey man, I've got three children that are miracles from God and uh, I endeavored a long time ago that I'm going to do whatever I can uh, to keep them in the house, uh, to raise them in the house of God, uh, to raise them up in the right way because in the house is a safe place. Mm. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Ooh. I want to be in the house. Hallelujah. And I've lost my place. Where am I at, brother? Hallelujah. Verse 20 says, If thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, According unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window. Amen. They told her you put the scarlet line in your window as a sign. Amen. And so the minute they departed, she put that scarlet line in her window. She, oh, hallelujah. She didn't wait till the next day. She didn't wait till the next week or the next month or the next year. They said you got to put this scarlet line in your window. She did it immediately. Amen. Amen. Because that scarlet line was a sign of hope. It was the only hope that she had. So she took that scarlet line and immediately bound it in the window. Mm. I tell you what, there. You know, we're trying to get used to being back in the Midwest and the, the rapid weather changes. Praise God. And, uh, and, you know, I grew up in the Northwest where we didn't have severe storms. Hey, man, we had mudslides and we had lots of rain, but, but we didn't have the tornado activity and that sort of thing. And so when that old tornado warning comes along the radio, there's some folks that have lived in all their life, they don't even care. Well, this, this guy's not one of those. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. I'm looking for a hole to crawl into. Amen. And uh, hallelujah. And uh, I've been some kind of terrified before. Amen. We was, we was pastoring a little place called Elsie, Missouri. And, uh, and uh, we, we, one night, it, it, it was bad storms. There was tornado activity all around us. We were huddled around our weather radio. And, uh, and uh, it said that this tornado's coming up through here and it's going to be in Galena, Missouri at such and such time and Elsie, Missouri at such and such time and Crane, Missouri at such and such time. And, and everybody had told me that a tornado sounds like a freight train. And uh, here comes the time when this tornado's supposed to be right over Elsie, Missouri and I hear a roaring like a freight train. Now we was in the church and uh, there wasn't really a good safe place to go to but we was hiding in the sanctuary. It seemed like the safest place to be. And I had this great plan. I was going to throw my wife underneath the pew and I was going to jump in on top of her and try to protect her. Praise God. And, and all of a sudden we heard this roaring. And it's the exact time that they're predicting this storm to be there. I'm telling you, I've never felt such fear in my life. Praise God. We was just getting ready to dive under the pew and pray for safety when we heard wheels squeaking on the freight train. Hallelujah. We had train tracks right behind the church. And that train come through exactly at the same time as what they were saying that tornado was coming through. But I'm telling you, when that storm warning comes, I'm the one, the kind of guy that looks immediately for a safe place. 
I don't wait for another 25, 30 minutes saying, well, maybe this one will just pass. I don't work that way. Hmm. Let me tell you something, brother. When there's a warning comes our way, we, we can't just say, yeah, well, maybe next week or next month. I'll tell you what, when they say put the scarlet line in your window, you better get up and put the scarlet line in your window. We can't wait till tomorrow because tomorrow could be too late. Next week could be too late. We've got to put the scarlet thread in there right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Joshua chapter 6, we find that Jericho was straightly shut up because of Israel. And uh, God came and spoke to them and, and said to them, we're going to get out there and you're going to get the men of war. And uh, we're going to go walk around the city one time a day for six days. On the seventh day, you're going to walk around it seven times. And at the end of that seventh time, they're, they're going to blow the trumpets. And when you hear the trumpet, you're going to shout uh, with a great shout. And the walls uh, will fall down flat. And so they started doing what they were supposed to do. They got out and walked around the city one time the first day and the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth day. I wonder what them folks were thinking in Jericho. Watching these people, just walking, not saying nothing, just walking. And every time they passed by, they saw a scarlet thread hanging out of a window. Whew. Because it was her hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On that seventh day, when they walked around there seven times, and that trumpet blast came. And all of a sudden, those, those people that had been walking for seven days, they just let loose and shouted with a great shout. And God caused, caused those walls to just fall down flat. You know, in pictures you see these big old piles of rubble, but I, I don't read the Bible that way. Amen. They fell down flat. I believe that the walls just sunk into the ground because every man went straight before him into the city. Hallelujah. And they were destroying everything in the city. It was to be, everything in the city was to be given to God. They, they, they couldn't take any spoil from Jericho. They burnt everything with fire except silver and gold. And that they put into the treasury of the church or in the temple or whatever you want, a tabernacle, however you want to put it. It, it went to God. Hallelujah. But in Joshua 6 and 22, it says, But Joshua had said, under the two men that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold, the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Let me tell you something. When she hung that scarlet thread out there, she, she put her hope and her trust in it. And then she went to her family and got every member of her family that she could to come into her house. 
And I would imagine for seven days as they walked around the city, that house was jammed full of people that had put their hope into a thin scarlet thread and said, I'm going to just depend on those men's word. Hallelujah. When those walls fell down flat, all of a sudden there was one house still standing because of a scarlet thread. Mm. Hallelujah. She kept her word and they kept their word and God spared her. Hallelujah. And not only was she saved, but she became a significant person. Matthew chapter 1 verse 5 says, And Salmon begot Boaz of Rachab, or Rahab. Boaz begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse, who begat David. This woman who put her faith and trust into a scarlet thread not only became a part of the lineage of David, but thereby became a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ himself. Well, because she put her faith into a scarlet thread. Hallelujah. If we go back in time just a little bit further, we find ourselves in Egypt. They've just endured nine plagues. Amen. Frogs and lice and water turning to blood, grasshoppers, darkness, all kinds of horrible things. But the last plague that was to befall Egypt was that there was going to be an angel pass over take the life of the firstborn of every household. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 5 says, Your lamb is God giving instructions to Israel on how they can avoid this death falling on the firstborn. He said, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorposts of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs they shall eat it. It wasn't a pleasant meal. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste, it is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when, I love this part of this scripture. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. They had to be obedient to a commandment of the Lord. They had to take this perfect lamb. They had to kill it. Take its blood and wipe it on the doorpost and over the door. 
Then they had to go in there and ate it in haste. Hallelujah. And God said, I- I'm going to pass over Egypt. And every firstborn will die. But when I see the blood. When I see the blood. He said, I, I'll just pass on over it. And uh, that firstborn will live if I see the blood. Hallelujah. Their hope rested in obedience. Their hope rested in the blood. Their scarlet thread of hope was that blood that they wiped on their doorpost. Because God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over it. Hallelujah. 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 I tell you what, there's power in the blood. In the blood. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The very next morning they woke up. The Egyptians were in a time of mourning. Their firstborn dead. But Israel was in a time of rejoicing because he passed over when he saw the blood. He just passed over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They made their way out of Egypt on their way to a promised land because of the blood. Hallelujah. 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 You say, well, them are interesting Bible stories. Well, let me just try to apply it a little bit to us today. Hallelujah. Romans 5 and 12 says, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Amen. There's not one person in this building today that has not sinned. Hallelujah. I am a sinner. I have sinned. Adam was the first man that sinned, and sin entered into the world. But I'm telling you, sin every one of us has but one man. Jesus Christ being the only one who has walked on this earth and not sinned. Amen. We have fallen short of his glory. Amen. We have all failed at one time or another. Amen. If we say today that we've never sinned, we're lying. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Because number one, you're not deceiving God. And most likely you're not deceiving anybody around you either. Not that we sit in judgment. Amen. But you know, some things are pretty obvious. Amen. Well, praise God. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We say that we have not sinned. We make him a liar and his word is not in us. Hallelujah. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Hallelujah. Just like was required for the Passover. 
Amen. The blood or sin required a blood sacrifice. It had to be perfect. There couldn't be. You know, it, 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 had, to, it had to mean something. It had to cost something. Amen. Anybody could go out to their, and they probably wouldn't want to anyways, but it'd be a whole lot easier to pick the runt. The one that wasn't marked very good. The one that had flaws. And take it and offer that one as a sacrifice. But God required the very best. Amen. No spot or wrinkle. Had to be perfect. And they would offer that as a sacrifice. And them sins would just be rolled away, pushed away for a year. And then they'd come back and do it again. But Jesus came to be the perfect sacrifice. Have you ever really sat back and considered the perfection of Jesus Christ? It's amazing to me to think about it. When I think about myself and how young I was when I began to sin. He never backtalked his parents. Never cheated in school. Never told a fishing story where his 12-inch trout became a 24-inch. Where he took the picture holding the fish all the way out here to make it look bigger. Praise God. <clears throat> you can make a little fish look big. This depends on how you take the picture. But he never did any of those things. He was perfect. Sinless. He performed many amazing things in his time on earth. Miracles of healing. Miracles of provision. Feeding the 5,000. Amen. Peter needed money, so he sent him fishing. He found a coin in the mouth of a fish. Man, I've never caught one of them kind of fish. Hallelujah. Be nice to you, though. Amen. He did many amazing things. He taught many amazing truths. He was a wonderful teacher. Many years ago, my pastor told me to study the red letters in my Bible. He said, just study them. Spend a year studying them. He said, change your life forever. Amen. There's such amazing truths that he taught us. But he didn't come to heal, specifically. He didn't just come to provide for the 5,000. or the Bring a coin in the mouth of a fish. He came to shed his blood. And to die is the perfect sacrifice for my sin. Hallelujah. He came to shed his blood for us. I, I know that preaching the blood is probably not a shouting message. But I'm telling you, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that God is here. And it's the blood that's going to keep us here. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 19 says, For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. 
Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. In the law, there was a few things that were cleansed and purified by water and some with fire. But there's only one thing that can remit sin. And that is blood. Hallelujah. You can wash yourself with water. And I hope and pray you do. Amen. <clears throat> but that alone is not going to cleanse your heart. It may cleanse the outward man. But it's not going to do anything for the inward. Hallelujah. I'm not really into cleansing myself with fire. Amen. Praise God. I burnt myself a time or two. And if I go the rest of my life without burning myself, I'll be perfectly content. Amen. And uh, when we were kids, it was kind of a cool thing to pinch out candles. That, that, that was never fun. Amen. It's, I guess it's a sign of being tough. And I wasn't very tough because I only did it once or twice and realized that wasn't my idea of a good time. Praise God, because it, just, it don't feel good. Hallelujah. Amen. If you don't understand, go try it today. Praise God, but don't blame it on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Might leave you with a blister or two. But, 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 but fire doesn't cleanse sin. Only the blood. Only the blood. Hallelujah. When he took that old cross on his back. Amen. I preached on it just a month ago. Studied it out as good as I could, I guess. It just to think of what Jesus Christ went through. Amen. For me and for you. Amen. That whipping that he took for our healing. That killed many a man. But he did it for me and for you. He, they, they, they put that old rough hewn cross on his back. And he headed towards Calvary. Some accounts say that weighed somewhere between 75 and 125 pounds. I don't know, just guessing, I guess, but to think about that on that shredded back, the crown of thorns jammed into his head. Hallelujah. Going to that hill, standing between two common criminals, a man who had done nothing wrong, ever. Amen. I, I got a ticket one time. It was the second ticket I ever got in my life for running a stop sign. To this day, I insist that I did not run that stop sign. But me and the police officer, I, I fought it all the way to court. And... Uh, his explanation still has me confused, and it's been 
17 years since it happened. And he kind of confused the judge, too, because the judge looked at me and asked me if I would consider it as taking a traffic school, and he would drop the ticket. And I said, sure. And, uh, but the reality is, while I may not have ran that stop sign, there's been plenty of other times in life when I have and got away with it. Amen. Just the other day, uh, me and Abigail was driving over to the storage unit, and uh, the stop sign just showed up out of nowhere. I may have been something to do with the fact that I was texting at the time, and amen, and well, I know you're not supposed to do that and drive, but it's very important at the time, and uh, I actually managed to stop at the intersection, but I launched everything that was sitting on seats, car seats went flying. She's like, what are you doing? I said, stop sign right there. <laughs> hey, man, we got stopped. But, but you know what? I, I wasn't, I might have been innocent that one time, but there's been many times that I've gotten away with it. So I don't really have a really good complaint. But when he went to Calvary, hallelujah, he was perfect. He had never sinned, never done anything wrong. There he was dying the death of a criminal having done nothing. His trial was an absolute mockery. False witnesses lying about him. And everybody knew they were lying about it. The two men that judged him could find no fault in him. Amen. But he suffered and he died to give us hope. Hallelujah. He suffered and died to give us hope. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 3 says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. Well, wow. That's what we were. Praise God. We don't like to think about it. I don't like to be thought of myself thinking that I'm foolish. Or disobedient. Although I have to confess that there's been times when I have been. Many a day, my parents told me to clean my room. And I had a bed that was all hollow underneath. And a big toy box. And just keep stuffing it under there. Bed got taller and taller. <laughs> but this is what we were. Verse 4 says, But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Oh, hallelujah. Brother, I, I'm not good enough and can't be good enough for salvation. It's not because of my righteousness. It's not because I'm so good. Oh, hallelujah. We are, I believe, to be good to others. But that alone is not going to make it. Give us salvation. 
Because it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to His mercy, according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We were foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving our own lust and pleasures, living life just how we wanted to live it. But all of a sudden, some kindness and love was showed toward us. God loved us enough that he reached down and got a hold of our hearts. He loved us so much that maybe he sent somebody by to invite us out to the house of God. We didn't have any clue about coming to church. We didn't know anything about God. But God looked down at us and loved us so much that he can't send somebody by. He sent a preacher by to preach to us because he loved us. Mm, hallelujah. When he was there on Calvary and he shed his blood, his blood's dripping from his hands and his feet. And he, he suffered such cruelty. He looked ahead in time to Olathe, Kansas, to some people that needed the blood. They had sin in their life and they needed the blood of Jesus to come and cleanse them from unrighteousness. Hallelujah. We can only be cleansed by the blood. We can't be cleansed by any other thing but by the blood of the one who went to Calvary as the perfect lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. And we can apply the blood in our life. <laughs> and then in that day of judgment, when he passes by and sees the blood. When he sees the blood. Hallelujah. Ah, I like to read. Amen. Some of you had the misfortune of helping me unload my moving truck. I had a couple boxes of books in there. Praise God. Amen. I don't know how many I've got now. At one time I had 26 boxes. But I don't believe in getting rid of my books, period. So I've got some books <clears throat> five times. But anyways, praise God. But I love them. I like to read. And one of the errors of reading that interests me is Vietnam War, conflict, whatever you want to call it. And... Uh, it's interesting to me. And there was some folks called, they were called LRRPs, Long Range Reconnaissance Patrol. And these guys, if anybody here was one of them, I'm going to call you crazy because that's what they were. But they'd take these groups of men, four to six usually, and they'd take them way back in, drop them off by themselves. And they would sneak through the jungle trying to find the enemy. Many times they would run into battalions, <laughs> hundreds of men 
against their five or six. And so what they would do is they would uh, get their radios and they would call for help. And sometimes they couldn't get to an open area where the helicopters could land and they had to go out on ropes. Now I'm scared to death of heights. And just the thought of this makes me want to roll up in a ball and cry. But they'd have this rope that about 150 feet below the helicopter. They'd drop it down through the jungle. And they would tie onto it with a harness. And up they'd go. And off they would go. They'd hold hands, kind of bind together. They could take out three at a time that way. And uh, I think I'd wanted to be in the first group of three, not the last group. But there they went. 150 feet below the helicopter that was probably flying at 1,000 feet off the ground is hanging by a D-ring. <laughs> Not my idea of a good time. But that, th that little rope was the only hope those men had. Without it, they had no chance of survival. Surrounded, outgunned, outmanned. Eventually, no matter how well they were trained, and how good they were and how many of the enemy they took out, eventually they were going to get overran. Eventually they would run out of ammunition. So their only hope was that little rope. And I imagine when you're hanging by it, it looked really little. Amen. We are in a world that is filled with sin. We live in a world that is filled with immorality. Every one of us has an enemy today that came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But we have a scarlet thread of hope today. Because his blood is still available. We need to tie into that lifeline of his blood. Hallelujah. Because that thin scarlet thread will hoist us out of the predicament that we're in. It'll cleanse us. It'll wash us. to purify our heart. The blood of Jesus is our only, our only hope this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Verse number one says, Moreover, brethren, declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to to the scriptures and that he was buried that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures he died for our sin and the blood of Jesus is our thread of hope hallelujah Paul said I declare unto you the gospel which ye have received and wherein ye stand can I tell you that there may have been close to 2,000 years passed by since this scripture was written. But I tell you, the gospel is still real this morning. The gospel is still essential.
this morning and the gospel has never changed it is still the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ hallelujah we must do the same thing that he did we must die we've got to find a place of repentance hallelujah where we can die out to this old flesh we make our way to an altar which is a place of death and there we get down and we repent of our sins and as we have already read he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we must be buried with him and the only way we can be buried with him is through baptism in the only saving name of Jesus Christ hallelujah then we'll be resurrected into newness of life with the infilling of the Holy Ghost I believe personally that it's through this experience that the blood is applied in our life hallelujah it's through the gospel you'd stand with me this morning hallelujah hallelujah I don't know why I preached this this morning I I felt it from the moment brother Riggin talked to me a week ago I felt to preach this this morning I'm telling you we've got a scarlet thread of hope today and it's available for you if you want to reach out and get a hold of it oh hallelujah If I could say it this way, I would beg of you, please don't walk out of this place this morning without the blood being applied in your life. No, don't walk out of here today without finding that place where you can reach out to God. If there's sin in your life, repent. Let Him cleanse you from it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, I don't have any problem admitting that I, I still have to find my way to an altar. I still have to make my way to a place of repentance. Amen. We never get past the need to repent. And I'm telling you, what if you've got something in your life that you've left alone and haven't dealt with? Won't you grab a hold of that scarlet thread this morning? Won't you find a place somewhere where you can reach out to God and let him cleanse you again? feel burdened this morning for somebody hallelujah oh God maybe things used to be different but somewhere along the line something made their way into your life that same joy isn't there anymore that peace isn't there anymore. Victory is no longer there. I want to tell you today that you don't have to walk away from here still feeling the same way. 
All you've got to do is reach out and get a hold of that scarlet thread of hope. Rahab didn't waste any time. She threw a cord right out the window. Children of Israel didn't waste any time. But they put the blood on the doorpost. I ask you this morning, please don't waste any time. Hallelujah. But let the blood be applied in your life. If you've never experienced God, today, this morning would be a great time to do it. To make your way to an old-fashioned altar and cry out for mercy. Hallelujah. To repent of our sin and let him cleanse us. Scarlet Thread of Hope is available today if you'd like to grab a hold of it. If you'd like to apply it in your life. Psalter's open if you'd like to come and talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Please don't leave this place without spending a little bit of time talking to God. Reach out to Him. Reach out to Him. Hallelujah. His blood has never lost its power. Amen. It's got the power to cleanse. It's got the power to save. It's only the blood of Jesus. to that fountain that still flows with the blood of Jesus. Only hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Of Jesus Christ it's only his blood. Our hope rests in the blood of Jesus today. Amen. If you want to make heaven your home, grab a hold of that scarlet thread of hope today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Make your way into that house, into that safe place. It's only that blood that'll heal your broken heart. It'll cleanse every spot. Oh, yes. doesn't matter where we've been in life. doesn't matter how far we've drifted away from God. I tell you what, his blood has the power to cleanse you. His blood can set you free this morning. It can break the bondage of sin. It's only his blood. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Won't you reach out to him? Reach out to him today. Only his blood. 